0: Full disclosure, we are live at the hip. Which over 100 years has hosted the storied likes of B.B. King, Louis Armstrong, Cab Calloway, Ray Charles, Ella Fitzgerald, Bill Clinton, and now, wait for it, Robin Farzad with Peter Chang. (laughs) <laughs> you know him from his food you know him from all the great press he's been getting James Beard Award finalist rock star chef Hubei China's loss is our massive gain here with translator Sharon Meng I do have a standard greeting for Mr. Cheng. if you'd like to uh, translate it for us absolutely
1: that translated to older brother hello and bottoms up
0: You've read about Peter Chang in the New Yorker, in the Washington Post, in the New York Times. He's been on Andrew Zimmern's show, on the cover of Style Weekly. He used to be super elusive. Before there was a Peter Chang's cafe, you heard rumors that he would be at this cafe in Northern Virginia, and then a bunch of groupies would show up, and then he would disappear. He has this penchant for disappearing. But if I am to be believed, this is the real Peter Chang right here. And we have him tonight on the record, loving it. And one other thing. Everything that's going on right here is really a function of Mr. Chang's generosity. I just want to say before we even go on, he loves to feed people. He loves for people to have a good taste in their mouths. Uh, really jumped at the chance to, to try this, which has tremendous reputational risk to him, not so much me because I'm nobody. So I just wanted to give him a hand before we continue. Xie <clears> Gogo. <throat> Now, this special broadcast of Full Disclosure from the Hip is made possible by the support of Performance Food Service, delivering delicious food and innovative services for more than 100 years. It's a Fortune 250 company that was started in Virginia. RVA dine well before it was a hashtag. Visit them at performancefoodservice.com. And by Hardywood, the nationally renowned pride of RVA craft brewers. We're very excited about the relationship going forward. You've heard of them. You try to get your mitts on a bottle of their gingerbread surprise two years ago. It was a national incident. Also, the Big Spoon Agency and Kevin Clay. Feed More. We have a Feed More donation box. Style Weekly with the lovely Brandon Fox. (laughs) And by way of introduction, Brandon Fox, the food and drink editor of Style Weekly, will be interviewing Peter Chang with us tonight. She was the one who had the cover story, Chef Peter Chang Wants to Feed America. And uh, I will let you go ahead. Jump ball, please.
2: (laughs) Well, I think we should start at the beginning and find out a little bit about what it was like uh,
1: growing
3: up in China. I
1: want to thank everyone for coming
3: today. Especially um,
1: Robin for introducing uh, me to
3: everyone. i a of the
1: I came from a province called Hubei. It's in central China.
3: My old
1: hometown was um, in the countryside, a very impoverished area.
3: One
1: of my strongest impressions of my youth was I was always constantly hungry.
3: My brother's
1: I had three uh, siblings, including
3: me, there were three in the family.
1: Our biggest ambition when we were young was to feed our stomach and I would divide the food up so the bigger portion would go to me and the smaller portions would go to my
3: siblings. (laughs) <laughs> While eating,
1: sometimes we'll actually argue and fight over our food, um, even though we did um, recover our sibling love afterwards.
3: <laughs> 所以在, uh, 在这么一个地方呢, 我, and
1: I grew up um, in my hometown for 18 years.
3: And because I excelled
1: in school, I had a chance to go to a large city called Wuhan, which is the capital of Hubei province, to
3: continue my education. in 1981,
1: I was 18 years old, and I started uh, my culinary education in Wuhan.
3: And for two and a half years, um, I
1: I continue my education and I graduated one of the, uh, the top in my school.
2: Can I interrupt for one second? This is a little bit more of an interesting story. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, getting into college? Uh, because you told me one time you didn't really want to go to culinary school at all. And it was really on the advice of your grandmother that you applied yourself.
3: Uh, at the
1: time in China, um, being a chef was considered one of the lowliest of
3: professions. And as somebody
1: who excelled academically, I did not want to become a chef, which everyone looked down upon. And when I received um, the admission notice from the university, I was very, very unhappy and very unwilling to continue this
3: path.
1: But three things happened and that changed my mind about becoming a chef.
3: 第一件事情呢, 就是我的祖母, 我的祖母呢, 呃, 呃, uh, the first thing was in the winter of 1981,
1: my maternal grandmother became very ill and she passed.
3: 在最后那个, 呃,
1: and on her deathbed, she, using her last breath, told me that, as somebody from the countryside, we have to do the best we can to learn a skill and to be the best we can. I love my grandmother dearly. I was the oldest male grandchild, and therefore she also loved me best, and my respect for her um, was great. And so I really respected everything she had to say to me.
3: So when And
1: when she said her parting words to me, it really made a very, very strong impression in my heart.
3: second <sum> so first of all, of a big, uh, the, 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 the awesome. to so the a
1: And the second thing was um one of the policies in China at the time was um the land was finally divided to individual families versus the commune system they used to have in the past.
3: That year, uh, my that year, my younger sister was only 11 years old. When year, my
1: and because now my family has a plot of land that we had to plan on our own, my father was a Chinese medicine doctor and he could not take care of the land. So my mother had to do it by herself. And my younger sister was forced to leave school at a tender age of 11 to help out with the family farm.
3: So, in we have it. my father was to
1: My little brother was even younger and my sister had to make that sacrifice so I can continue going to
3: school.
1: Even now, I am forever grateful, my little sister, for providing me the chance to continue with education.
3: Peter, if I may ask.
0: When you are, it's it's rumored that you put 2,000 miles a week on your SUV driving up and down the eastern seaboard, checking in on restaurants, meeting with investors. How do you jibe this existence right now? I mean, you're featured in The New Yorker by Calvin Trillin. They're writing about you in The New York Times, in The Wall Street Journal. You're on TV with this pastoral beginning and your grandmother's illness and dying wish and your sister's. I can't imagine what it's like to reconcile the very capitalistic here and now with where you came from.
3: One of the
1: um, characters that I developed growing up in the countryside was um, resilience and hard-working. I and I have indeed um, experienced a lot in life, and some of them were pleasant, but I am re, re, I insistent that I continue on this path and do the best I can. But without um, any sacrifices on my part, um, I cannot uh, become successful.
3: So what This is able to understand the market, And
1: me traveling um, along the coasts, and it's it's so that I can know the market better and to better provide the American audience with what I have uh, to give.
3: 2,000 miles a week, I heard. Uh, 60,000
2: miles a year. That's incredible. Um, <laughs> so uh, after culinary school, what happened next? Uh, you had to go through, I know, a series of examinations and um, how did how did that lead to the next point in your career?
3: Oh uh, nigga a teacher, I was very hard, and very hard.
1: So, after what happened uh, with my family and my background, um, I, I studied very hard in school.
3: So, this is a to the to right?
1: And to practice my basic skills, I would practice flipping the walk by filling it with sand and practice for up to four hours. And by the end of that, um, your arm is lit, like lit. There, You cannot... Uh,
3: 另外一个中国的刀工是这么长的
1: and to practice um, his skills with a knife he would roll up newspaper and cut them into tiny thin strips for hours on end
2: um, did, did everybody work this hard in culinary school was this normal
3: oh
1: he was the only one in his class who did all these extra practice on the side <laughs> <what I> <laughs> so
3: so正因為正因為這樣子所以兩年也畢業也好我畢業我的第一名
1: and because of my hard work, um, I graduated first in my
0: class. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, fast forward a little bit for me if you will. Timestamp your first day in the United States, the flight here. Where were you? What was it like? What were your impressions? <laughs>
3: So Donut, oh, Dunkin donuts, uh, Dunkin Donuts. Okay. <laughs> so,
1: so he entered the States um at Detroit and he had two hour layover. He didn't speak any English at the time, and so he wandered around the the airport and finally landed in Dunkin' Donuts and using body language and various other means of communication he was able to get his first cup of coffee in the US. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that this coffee was indeed different from
3: coffee I had 同时的, in China. 呃, 不是这个甜点, donut, 那个面包串, 面包, 那个面包, 面包串, uh, and I
1: also had um, a donut uh, at Dunkin Donuts, and I put six packs of sugar in my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and because of how hungry I was at the time, um, the pastry plus the coffee was uh, quite enjoyable to me.
3: So) <laughs>
1: So ever since then, whichever city I visit, I always try to seek out a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's a sponsor. It's a
0: sponsor. We're going to retroactively ask Dunkin' Brands to sponsor this show. Hit them up for something. Tweet it out, people. Do it.
1: Dunkin' Donuts is
0: Hi. Take me outside the airport. Did you walk into a McDonald's? Or were you walking, was it DC? What was the first time you tried McDonald's? Tell us.
3: <laughs> Once I um,
1: transferred to Washington DC, uh, the embassy sent people to come and pick us up. So I did not have a chance to actually step outside the airport and visit uh, the real US at the time.
3: Um between my wife and me we only had twenty dollars on us at the
1: time. And after getting two cups of coffee and two pastries, um, We had maybe $14 left, so we didn't um, really wanted to order anything else at that point.
0: Full disclosure, this is Robin Farzad. I am with Brandon Fox of Style Weekly Magazine. We're here with Peter Chang, the James Beard Award finalist chef at the Hippodrome. Uh, Wonderful to have him, and translator Sharon Meng. We're talking about his career path, uh, this unbelievable journey from pastoral poverty to now he is the it chef. I know Wall Street wants to back him. He has to shoo investors away. And this just in from our producer, we will be donating tonight's leftovers to The Healing Place, a pathway to recovery for men struggling with addiction. So thank you to Feedmore for arranging that. I do have the five trillion won question for you, Peter Cheng. Who is General So? <laughs> and what was your first encounter with this
3: esteemed military figure? Oh, this, uh, this, this, he actually
1: has an
0: answer for you.
3: Please, please. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was expecting an answer. <laughs> oh great.
1: Um he was a Qing dynasty general named
3: Zhuazong Tang.
1: And his greatest accomplishment was to put down the rebellion in uh, Xinjiang province.
0: Let me ask. He put down this rebellion and then said, Haha, I would like to have deep-fried chicken in cloyingly sweet sauce. How
1: does it work?"
3: How How does it work?
1: From when I started my culinary education in 81 until I left China, I have never ever heard of the
3: General's House Chicken.
1: <laughs> in a formal Chinese menu, you will never find a General's House Chicken.
3: And
1: he does not know. <laughs>
2: So Talk a little more. I mean, what was the first thing you tried that was Chinese but really was an, an Americanized Chinese dish? When
1: what did you think?
3: Uh-huh. You go poof, you go
1: Americanized Chinese food until a year after I arrived, and it was at a, a Chinese buffet. And as a professional chef, my first impression was um, they call this Chinese
3: food. So, <laughs> you <laughs>
1: And I was told by a lot of restaurant owners and managers that this is a type of Chinese food that Americans appreciate. It is a little sweet, a little sour, maybe a little spicy. The real traditional Chinese food are not welcome in America.
0: Now let's say, let's walk into your Peter Chang's China Cafe in Short Pump on any given evening. It strikes me, it's like a Model UN. You have. Vietnamese families, you have Indian families, Sri Lankan families, a couple people who are hunting in Goochland. (laughs) And it's impossible to get a table. We all want to deck each other at the front. Um, But I slip
3: Winnie, your manager, $50 bill. (laughs) And so um,
1: he says ever since his uh, buffet experience, he has um, decided to let the Americans uh, palate experience real, traditional, authentic Chinese food um, so that they can appreciate real Chinese culinary flavors.
3: And also, my restaurants
1: need um, customers like you guys who appreciate authentic Chinese food, um, or else my restaurant will not be successful.
3: <laughs> and therefore,
1: I am very fortunate to have uh, met you guys.
0: I've seen Chef Chang's, certain ones, your dishes come out of the kitchen and literally brings little kids to tears. I don't know what it is. It's your selection of peppers or spices. Um, where did this come out of? That suddenly people were espousing these flavors, that things you wouldn't associate with Chinese food, um, cumin, uh, uh, certain playful variants of Thai spices that you've Cilantro. incorporated. Cilantro, where, where did you get the license to do this or, or, or
3: feel emboldened to do it? Uh
1: in that regard, I was influenced heavily by my father, who was a Chinese medicine doctor. In Chinese traditional medicine, they use a lot of herbs and a lot of food material. And there's a saying in um, classical Chinese that food and medicine come from the same ancestors. And therefore, um, I was influenced heavily by him.
3: and also I, uh,
1: one of my hobbies is to experience with different spices using my nose my tongue and to um, form interesting combinations um, and i put a lot of thoughts into what makes interesting flavor combos
0: for example i had your famous appetizer the hot and numbing shredded uh, tofu skin and I don't know if you are a believer, sir, but I saw God's eyes. I don't know if that's sweet or sour umami or hallucinogenic, but I wanted it again. It was almost masochistic. Please translate.
1: I did. Word for word.
3: This is a this uh Oh.
1: That dish, in fact, um, you cannot find in China um, because this is his own uh, concussion, and tofu is a very popular food um, for the Chinese, and so he um, really put a lot of heart into mixing the spices to give you that kind of experience.
2: I'm really curious, when you were cooking at the Chinese Embassy, were you cooking traditional dishes, or did you already have this style? Is this something that came to you in the U.S., or is this something you've been doing all along?
3: Oh, 在中国市区院的整理
1: to work as a a chef in the embassy, you had to create up to uh, 80% of of new dishes on your own um, because the ambassador um, gets tired of classical dishes and therefore they demand um, new flavors and and new innovative dishes.
0: Mr. Chang, what was it like? uh, Many of you, I urge you to read uh, the Peter Chang profile in The New Yorker was about four or five years ago by Calvin Trillin. Um, you had such a cult following, they almost stalk you. What was that like? I mean, there's this, uh, I don't know, these apocryphal stories. You're almost like you're popping into the restaurant, popping out. There was a rumor that you're here, rumor that you're not there. I, I know your daughter translated a lot of this for
3: you and read it on the internet, but how did that strike you?
1: I feel very fortunate to have such die hard
3: fans. <laughs> Who motivate me to continue with my work? from 04 to 2010 um i
1: experienced a lot of hardship and they were the ones who motivated me to
3: continue on
0: can you tell us what happened if you're willing to between 2004 and 2010 behind the scenes that was hard for you
3: 这个当然这这根本的人就是自己的呃他是有 还是, title title的一个不太方便所以呃反正说不但的一个身体上的算老了非常非常的老了非常的 pay I was very
1: exhausted during that time, both physically and mentally. Um, and I uh, did not know what the future held for me.
0: So what was the tipping point? This is what we like to get at with all of our guests, where something uh, graduated from being a hobby or a mere vocation to a passion and a calling in life. You know. Uh, Was there some point where you were just shifting from working restaurants? Was it a review from a big critic? Was it a call? Was it a, uh, did did you see a vision? Uh, Tell us what that tipping point is,
3: especially now that you have the benefit of
2: hindsight.
3: One of the earliest motivators was the fact
1: that after College, um, I wanted to stay in the city, and to live in the city, I had to um, be one of the best in my field and to have a good skill, a solid skill, the, to dig down and build a foundation for my career.
3: And the more I
1: um, invested in uh, cooking and the arts, the more I enjoyed it. And it became a, a process that um, I, I liked tremendously.
3: In 1993, there
1: was a culinary contest and I won um, a gold medal. The contest was like um, an Oscar for um, the chef. And that encouraged me
3: tremendously. And
1: various other competitions, such as um, a culinary competition in Beijing and the embassies competition. And um, participating in those really uh, fueled my fire for culinary arts.
3: I felt it was it was it was and it
1: really made me feel like all the hard work I put into it were worth it.
2: But how did it feel uh once you walked away from the embassy, you were working in small restaurants? How did that feel coming from your past? That must that must have been difficult.
3: The anonymity of it
2: all.
3: Right because And because nobody knew me at the time, um, outside of the embassy,
1: outside of China, so I really had to um, start with my first dish and work from there on up, one dish at a time. Um, and it was a lot of pressure from just making a livelihood and um, staying in the States.
3: You're talking about people in 所以這, and
1: there were naysayers at the time who says that um you are not going to have the success in the states as you did in China. And I wanted to give it a try and see if um I can make a name for myself here. And that was another motivator for me to work hard.
3: 当然了, When
1: I left the embassy, I only had 5000 US dollars on me. And so I was forced to work and to provide for my family.
0: Hold that thought. I'm very interested in Chef Cheng asking you, let's take that moment in time. You left the embassy. You have $5,000 in your pocket. You have a family to feed. By the time you had worked hard enough to go off on your own and strike out on your own, how did you raise money? Uh, this is kind of a, an entrepreneur's dilemma. It's one thing to have a stable job and somebody paying you a salary. It's another thing to go off and raise money yourself and start a restaurant empire. <laughs>
3: 因为他不管能够服我的工资
1: so, at the time. because of my um, status, I went to some restaurant owners and asked that I exchange my labor with um, lodging that I could stay at their house. And Barter, you trade barter, yeah. there was no I was not paid salary. Um it, they were allowing us to stay with them for just continue for about two years.
3: Mm-hmm. Because the restaurant I went to was a very small place and um
1: the restaurant owner um I think the bottom line was about $20,000, and so uh, he had no um, additional money to pay me.
3: Mm And
1: he didn't believe that I could um, turn the restaurant around.
3: Take that, restaurant owner! (laughs) Translate that, right? Please, you will. You can feel free to go like this. I won't, I won't translate <laughs> it.
0: Full disclosure, I'm Robin Farzad here with Brandon Fox of Style Weekly interviewing the uh, illustrious Chef Peter Chang, uh, James Beard Award finalist here with Sharon Meng, our wonderful translator. We are talking about his career route. I would like you to fast forward to the here and now and the difficult week you've had. This kind of speaks to building a restaurant empire and still having the individual Peter Chang touch, reconciling family with business. How are you going to keep these things together? There's only one of you.
3: Oh, this, uh... First, um... Yeah, so it's First of all, I want
1: to say I sincerely regret what happened at the restaurant this week and then I would take full responsibility for everything
3: that happened. So the
1: and I gave you my sincere apology, and
3: I do not know what else I could do.
1: From when the incident happened until about Monday, um, I knew nothing of what happened. And again, that is my responsibility for being ignorant that of
0: it. That aside, there's pressure for you to grow this into a national, maybe international restaurant empire. But again, there's only one of you. Everybody seems to want to see you. And it maybe speaks to the difficulty of having your touch there. Like, you were, you were intimately in the kitchen plating this for everybody, and everybody is here to see you. So it speaks to the difficulty of growing the Peter Chang empire. <laughs>
3: 說social呢,就是結束這個美式中餐的這個市場啊,在美國整個市場,我的相呢,通過我自己是吧,帶我自己的小生能夠把正統的中國菜能夠讓大家有個基本的一個認識,這是第一點的對。So
1: to introduce authentic Chinese food, um I really hope that me and my all the students that I have trained up um can all uh, participate in this endeavor.
3: 然后呢, 我会, 呃, 就是把这个时间稳定了以后
1: and I will travel between all my restaurants and uh, and cook for all my restaurants. That way, everyone can have a taste of my authentic dishes.
2: Can you tell us a little bit about the new restaurant in Richmond? I know just from seeing it, it's very different from all of your other restaurants. And it'd be great to hear about the shift in what you're doing.
0: For everybody who doesn't know, there's uh, in, in a few weeks, you're going to see at the Hofheimer building, just west of the boulevard, a very new Peter Chang concept that all the foodies up and down the coast are talking about. And so that's what Peter's been
3: working on religiously for the past few months. The
1: restaurant is supposedly opening uh, first week of June.
3: 呃, 因为很多的客人呢, this restaurant,
1: the location in downtown is to cater to um, the, uh, the customers who usually have to drive 20-some minutes to shore pump. Uh, <laughs>
3: That's for you 就是希望这个, 是吧, uh, one of the
1: focus of this restaurant is to actually bring together Chinese food and the American wine and bar culture.
3: 但是第三个, 第三, 第三个呢就是这个, 嗯, we have to And
1: so all the dishes will be paired with wine, and they will be small plates, and they will all have the Peter's touch.
3: So without uh, this uh, time, uh, 知道吧, 这个大厨是跟了我六年多的那个大厨
1: um, I have put a lot of emphasis on training the uh, the chef who will be working in that particular restaurant. The main chef has worked with me for six years and then the um, the two additional chefs I have trained them for two and a half years. So um, I have put a lot of thoughts into the people who are working
3: in there. She wants to and this restaurant,
1: um, for the interior design, I hired a Chinese designer from China to come and um, give it a, a very unique Chinese style to it. And if this style proven to be popular with my customers um, and my audience, then I will um, use that as the model for uh, my other restaurants.
0: Chef Chang, knowing that you've become such a phenom, a national news phenom, you've been on Andrew Zimmern's show, again, the New York or the Washington Post, all over the interwebs. Tell us some of the more unusual overtures you've gotten. I mean, has Wall Street come knocking? Where do they want you to expand to? What can we see next outside of this region? And may I buy some stock? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> in the future,
1: of
3: course, I think I, 呃, 我现在我也, 我也, 我也不差这个, 我也, 我也不想再继续, 呃, 再, 再,
1: so um he says that uh, right now he wants to focus on managing um his current restaurants and he is not interested in expanding um as of now. Um he just wants to really build up the ones that he has already.
3: 我还是想做特色的小店当然这个电脑它不是要很多的技术力量 uh,
1: my next trial endeavor is to open up um, these small shops that are focused on one or two types of Chinese specialty foods. So for example, the one that's going to open um, next, a few doors down from the show pump store is going to focus on things like dumplings. And another one later on he wants to open will focus on shish kebab. Another one will be on noodles. Wait, shish
0: kebab, Peter, Chinese, Chinese. Peter Chang and Chinese shish kebab.
1: Yes.
3: 啊, oh, yes, what uh, one, of <laughs> one of the
1: innovative flavor that he's testing and, uh, and wonder if people will accept it is to um, make a dumpling filling of
0: um, Brussels sprouts with cheese. <laughs> He's a, he's a renegade. He's a renegade of funk. Uh, okay. I'm getting something in my ear. Uh, Chef Chang, Home Shopping Network and QVC are interested in debuting a Peter Chang wok and Santoku knife branded with maybe bamboo cutlery. They said that you and I can go in
1: 50-50. He said that the said to to I don't currently have that walk for sale. (laughs) But
0: it gets to
2: expansion.
0: Yeah. You know, and it gets to expansion. I'm sure you're getting pressured to dilute the name, to expand the name. It's happened before. It's not an analogous situation, but there's a Harvard Business School case about Rocky Aoki, the founder of Benihana. And he thought he could have a Broadway show and all these product lines and everything. And the thing went flop. Um, there must be a tremendous financial incentive right now for you to sell out one way or another. And I would like stock.
1: I I would like like
3: He is not interested in that.
2: We list
0: on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. (laughs) (laughs) Shanghai.
3: I travel with you.
2: (laughs) But what about the expansion? Uh, It seems like there's been a really rapid expansion just in the last few years, almost a hunger to keep opening another restaurant after another. Um, And I was just interested in how you've made that happen in just a few years.
3: 跟我这些合作的伙伴 是吧, yeah. The reason
1: that with the opening of these new stores is um I wanted to make my chefs and the people who work with me um become stockholders. And so by opening new restaurants, um they have new positions and um new places to expand uh their financial basis
3: too. So I 只要我一找工
1: it is hard to find good workers in a Chinese restaurant kitchen, but whenever I um, hire, a lot of people will flock to me and want to work because um, we have competitive pays and we make them shareholders and uh, we give them good treatments. We treat them well.
0: <laughs> this, is a, this is a convoluted pivot, but that's why I get paid the big bucks to ask these kinds of questions. In sharp contrast to Chairman Mao's five-year plan uh, uh, way of thinking of things, I mean this is ownership. You talk about your plot of land and your sister had to work the plot of land, you're actually giving workers stock ownership. You're 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 making them feel like they are ultimately really vested in the success
3: and failure of a location. <laughs> 到北卡 no
1: when i was working um, for other restaurants i received a lot of rough treatments um, from people and struggles when i was uh, treated poorly by others and i don't want to um, have that um, for my own chefs i want them to stay and have a a pleasing and pleasant work environment. And therefore, um, all that I do is to sort of make up for my poor experiences in the um, Chinese food
0: industry. Oh, I thought like if there was a Peter Chang Academy, it would be like Chinese ballet school, infamously rigorous. If somebody doesn't get it right, you put hot numbing tofu skin in
3: their eyes. (laughs) The carrot and the tofu. (laughs) It's 现在不能这样子做, pretty tough in this kitchen. When I
1: was in school um, and I did something wrong, my teacher would hit me in the back of the head with a spatula.
3: With a spatula? <laughs> <laughs> 因为现在这个, 这个, 这个水位变化太, but 哎, you cannot 哎, do that
1: nowadays. Better than,
3: <laughs> better than a walk. Or crack a bottle of singtao on your head, no? <laughs> <laughs>
2: So with your place on Broad Street, I'm just curious, with that sort of experimentation, what do you see for the future of your food? I know I asked you when I talked to you before, in a lot of ways, I think people worry whether or not like the shredded tofu or your famous dry fried eggplant, we don't want to lose those things.
3: As
1: a chef, I have to innovate at all times.
3: 但是創新, 呃, 是吧? 但是你不創新, 是吧?
1: The innovation might not always be popular or accepted by others, but without innovation, um I will not be able to move
3: forward. 其实呢, 我经常应该在創新, 但是这个創新, and um I will
1: experiment um in small scales and once I have um the acceptance of the customers, then the dishes will be part of
3: the menu. 当然了, 这个也许呢, and
1: even if a dish makes onto the menu, if um, over a longer stretch of time um, people do not like it, then it will be um, omitted from the menu. So through this process of introducing new things in
2: small scales, um, he can move forward. Can I make a request? Can you put the dry fried duck back on the... On the menu, call it Brandon's Dry-Fried
3: Dut. <laughs> if,
2: if people
1: strongly ask for it, then yes.
0: <laughs> Let me ask you, Chef Chang. from an operations perspective, you look at, for example, the, the location everyone here knows, the short pump location. Um, for example, carry out can be very difficult. Uh, on certain nights. Everybody is mobbing the place. You're trying to encourage people to order through the app. You talk about innovation. To what extent does technology and operations kind of factor into a business where, unless you want to expand twice, thrice the size of the place and buy the Walmart next door, there's
3: really not much else you can do? 互联网我手上我们是跟不上来
1: in my age, technology is not really my focus, Um, however, um, young people um, like my daughter and other uh, younger college graduates, recent college graduates that we have hired, um, they will hopefully have a better use of technology and um, to serve our customers better.
3: But because of the incident last week, my daughter
1: and I um, right now are uh, not the most amicable. Um, <laughs> and so she's not working for me right now.
0: (laughs) Well, can I please get some audience response on this uh, four-course curated menu? What do you think about
1: it?
3: The banquet
1: you have before you tonight was uh, made by me, my wife, and one of my students who has worked with me the longest, the three of us.
3: 也許呢, 呃, 大家呢, 可能並不一定滿意, 但是我已經, 呃, I gave it "I
1: gave my best and
3: hopefully it was to your liking." Um,
1: unfortunately, the kitchen here is not really suitable for making Chinese dishes, so we did a lot of prep work ahead of time to bring you your
0: banquet. On that topic, Chef Cheng, <laughs> it's been written in the past in the Wall Street Journal that you've yet to see a truly national, authentic Chinese restaurant because of the difficulties of the heat and the walk in the kitchen, why hasn't this been done before? And I, I know you hate getting confused with P.F. Chang's, but <laughs> you know, P.F. Chang's is not playing with cumin and basil and hot and numbing things.
3: Why hasn't this been done yet? Oh,
1: this is a question I ponder a
3: lot. I 它这个概念不是非常非常敏确
1: Chinese dishes, unlike Western dishes, it's very difficult to give detailed directions on how to make everything. A lot of it has to do with the chef's own cultivation, their own training, their own
3: feel of the food. 因为西山的很多的
1: and in general, a Chinese kitchen that you would see in a Chinese restaurant is a lot more simple than a Western kitchen. A Western kitchen will have a lot of uh, tools to help a chef, whereas um, a Chinese kitchen, the dishes they make are largely is based on the chef's skills, their own personal cultivated skills and, and their, their knife skills, their own skills without the aid of um, a lot of the tools.
3: 啊, 这些那个, 呃, 用具, 或者是那个, 呃, One of
1: the things I ponder upon is how to make better use of Western culinary equipment
3: to make Chinese food. And
1: if I am um, successfully merging the two, uh, then uh, I can better present a lot of the Chinese dishes um, to everyone.
0: Chef Cheng, is there one American chef, super chef, or regional chef, parochial chef, that you would like to do a mash-up dinner with, a collaboration with?
3: Oh, we're now very, very Shiwan Lango Tacho. There are two uh, of them. Uh, Jose, uh, so one is Wolfgang, you
1: and- Wolfgang He made the uh, the
3: Oscar dinner, right? And the guy who makes the Oscar
0: dinner. If somebody will please tweet that and give me intellectual property so I can get dibs on it. (laughs) Robin Farzad Production, thank you very much, Cobblestone Media. Uh, Chef Chang, in the few minutes we have left, I would like you to think back to those trying times where you were an apprentice for a restaurant where you said you had emotional and, and psychological exhaustion. What advice would 2016 Peter Chang give to that iteration of Peter Chang? And by extension, what would you tell all the aspiring restaurateurs
3: and entrepreneurs now? <laughs> the first thing
1: is, you have to insist on your own special flavor. You cannot blend with other people, you cannot go with what they want you to do. You have to insist on having that unique flavor of your
3: own. And
1: the second thing is, once you set your eyes on a goal, you need to Ignore
3: all the naysayers and um, just reach for it. I <input> do <message> 可能也, and
1: the most important thing is, I, as a Chinese chef, I insist on preserving the authentic Chinese flavor and authentic Chinese
3: taste. And and the
1: the very last thing is to continue learning and to continue uh, training yourself. For example, to learn English and to continue learning management. And um, he says that the Arlington incident this time, it was partly because of his lack in management experiences and so, That is an advice he would give to other people or to a past self to continue um, learning in all the fields and to better yourself.
0: So what he's trying to say, if I could crystallize it down, and I believe a a, a wise ancient scholar once said, uh, don't stop believing, hold on to that feeling. (laughs) You don't have to translate that. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Peter Chang. disclosure, our executive producer is the lovely, patiently neurotic, Emily Shane. Where are you? (laughs) She's probably in the back, popping a Valium. Just wave. (laughs) Our engineer is John Valentine, with thanks to stage techs Andrew Craig, Margaret York, and Irish Chan. My heartfelt appreciation to Visit Richmond, Harris Williams, the Martin Agency, the VCU Brand Center, Helene Spivak, and Leslie Griles, the Hodges Partnership, Big Spoon, Performance Food Service, Hardywood, Style Weekly, Brandon Fox, Feedmore, Chesapeake Capital, Dovetail Construction. Let me tell you, props to Ron Stallings and the staff of the Hippodrome Theater for making this work, Sarah, Amy, Brandon Fox, Sharon Mang, Peter Chang. We are on NPR One, WRIR, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, ACast. Coming soon to Prodigy, Friendster, Freakster, and Grinder. I'm Robin Farzad, back with you next week.